And now we return for part two of my conversation with Jack Katz. If you recall, when our last recording ended, Jack had left us in a bit of a cliffhanger. The story he was telling featured a character who traveled back in time, but to the wrong time. And it was revealed that in the future, the machines had taken over everything. What would happen next? Well, I'm going to allow Jack to give you the details of that and walk us through a few moments in the history of comic books, but more importantly, the artist known as Jack Katz. Thanks for listening. And we'll chat again at the end. And so this is what happened in terms of the human race. Eventually, everything, the computers would do this. They would do that. They would carry it. They would even give you artificial milk or the artificial breasts. So he wanted to find a human being. He said, there must be some human being. So the protagonist in the story is searching and searching. He calls all the cities. He calls what's called York City, I believe, which is New York all the way down to Boston or to Washington. And um, then he went to Angeles, which is an enormous city from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Finally, a guy said, yeah, I'm a human being. Why don't you come here? He said, take one of our flyers. So the flyer is interesting. He said, you lie in your tummy, and in front of you is everything that's going on. It goes over the Rocky Mountains and stuff like this. And finally, you know, you arrive. It puts you to sleep if you need to be. And he goes to this enormous building with about 60,000 floors. <laughs> goes to the top of the thing. And the guy said, he goes up, he says, finally, a human being. He said, well, I'm sort of a human being. He said, because, uh, uh, but I'm actually the, the the, the premier example of the best replicator <laughs> that's available. They took that sentence out and they changed that story. The editors today should have their heads examined for doing a thing like that. I don't know why they did this, but they killed one of the greatest stories that was ever written. And in case you're interested in John Campbell, you know, the beginning of, um, what was that thing when he throws that thing up in the air and it becomes a... Uh, uh, 2001. 2001, exactly. Mm. I identical. The, the, that square, everything, identical. Now, I hate to look. I know who wrote it, and this guy was very enamored with the First Kingdom, by the way. Hmm. Look, I won't mention names. You know who I'm talking about. All right, the copyright was dead by then. It wasn't an original story. And uh, it hurt me very much. Uh, he fell in love with my little creatures, the mirrors in the stories. They were made by accident through the, uh, uh, what I called, in, in the first kingdom, how could these creatures exist? Uh, well, the, what I did is I put in the, mem the memory sera. Everything that we are was invested into their systems. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what kept them alive, and that's what kept them animated. Uh, the only thing is they became suspicious of the uh, cyborgs that they had made. You know, and by the way, there's a wonderful movie if you ever look at it, but it's kind of scary. I don't know if you have a copy of it or not. It's called The Creation of the Humanoids. I was working on my stories by that time. And this guy makes a movie of this thing that we had become so poisoned with the radiation we were incapable of reproducing anymore. So they created these, uh, what they called, the, the, his sister became, it's rapport. It's artificial, but they, they take care of everybody. You know, they, it's the same thing. All right, you have these, uh, they make, I believe there's, in the, that they can make these identical type of women now and for people that just don't want to have anything to do with sharing or they don't even know how to share, whatever it is. But this is the bottom line. The guy, the hero in the thing, let's say, you know, he's tall and his girlfriend is gorgeous. And he said, good, we can get married now. And they said, but don't you know you're dead? And we brought you back to life. And they said, well, and then she says, but I wanted to have a baby. They said, that's all right. It's just a matter of, a matter of taking out a rib. And he said, of course it worked. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Well, I had already written uh, so many scripts. And one of them was the story of, of uh, uh, Nordak, you know, what you call Noah. And he, he got, uh, he came down to the earth, and they had gone on. They didn't realize that he was here. And he started to, uh, he started to build his family. Then they came back, and they said, you can join us now. Many years have gone by. He's aged. And he said, no, he said, I, I'm, I'm going to stay here. This was done for Jim Warren. It's the story of Nordak. And they said, well, what are you going to do? They said, there's going to be a big flood. And he, they give him, and so he builds, he builds the ark. I took a lot of stuff from the Bible, yes, that I admit, the stories that I did that, but many of them were very, very original. See, and, uh, but, but the things that I had, you know, been influenced by, I did do those things. So, but where my creativity isn't concerned, that's in the, the uh, Beyond the Beyond, the First Kingdom, the uh, Space Explorers Club has a beautiful, can you imagine the Space Explorers Club? They come by and if there's a fire, you know, I thought of Arthur Conan Doyle. (laughs) And by the way, Arthur Conan Doyle's best work is not Sherlock Holmes, but the White Company. Those were the Knights of the Round Table. Ah, boy, that is writing. (laughs) And also, so far as Tarzan is concerned, P.T. Barnum, I wish I could write as well as him. He wrote like an, his, his prose were like Meredith, the top English writer, even though he wrote about domestic crap. Uh, he, 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 uh, P.T. Barnum wrote two books, Jack the Lion Man and Jack the Lion Tamer. No, no, Jack, wait, Jack of the Jungle, it's the story of Tarzan, and Jack the Lion Man. They were both written in 1883, 
and uh, and uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs went nuts when he read that. <laughs> so there again, you see, there was a heavy influence. Uh, yeah, oh God, the Burroughs family is still alive. I'm dead. <laughs> They're gonna come in an entourage with machine guns and bombs. <laughs> I don't care. Well, it's true, gang. It's true. It's just like. Um, when, when he came out with Superman, I spoke to him one day. We were at the Sergio's house, Sergio Aragonis. And I said, did you ever hear Philip Wiley? He says, put his hand on my mouth, but shut that door. Don't talk about it. <laughs> the name of the book is called The Gladiator. Came out in 1930. I have the book. It's the Superman. <laughs> but in this thing, he is so lonely. Uh, that he just, you know, he every time he does something as a child, saves people, and they, they don't want to recognize him. Later on, he realizes he's, he's singular. He's all by himself. He goes up in this mountain, and he opens up his chest in this great electrical storm, and he kills himself. Philip Wiley had some great tragedies in his life. Great. His, his niece was butchered in New York City. It just, he, he was rather shattered. He's a very intelligent man. He wrote a book called, uh, God, I forget. It, uh, there again, you know, I, 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 Philip Wiley was just a, a wonderful writer and he was terribly affected by these things. Just, you know, we're very fragile. We really are. How I survived when a great deal of my family never did have a chance to survive, including little children that were used as fuel. You have no idea what it was like. And uh, there's a new book out now by, I think it's DeLorean, or whatever his name is, he uh, came from Hungary. And he talked about the fact that most of the people who were running the camps had been shopkeepers and things like that. After the war, they went back, and now they're shopkeepers again, and they're this and that. And, and it's almost as if it allows the, the dark side to come to the surface so they could do these things. And what it does is it eases the pressure of that negative influence. The negative influence was scored, was proved in the shuttlecock, the badminton, of what is called uh, ambivalence in the building called Janus in ancient Rome. One side had smiles, the other side had tragedy. So this is what we are. And, and, and ambivalence is an amazing thing. I'll go, I'll say, but if I go, you know, I might meet this one. But if I go, you know, then, then why should I take myself over here? And it's, oh, and, but, but if I don't go, you know, and, and this is what's going on with human beings, constantly. And it's exacerbated by people who are steeped in the same ambivalence can't do that. The, what, the reason our country is divided has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the fact that people are terrified and they need to hold on to something. I have found God, the God of Einstein, so at least it gives me something. The very fact that this has happened today is another one of those miracles. I'm, I don't know how much longer I've got. I want to complete, I want to complete the beyond the beyond. After that, there's a few things I'm definitely going to do if I have the time. 
And as you see, uh, so far as my faculties are concerned, my perspicacity or, or acumen, you know, all of these words, uh, uh, my noetic intelligence. It's all my, still there. My, my cognitive appreciation yes. of the nature of things. It's all not. All right. So, um, so here we go. Now, ask me another. If you ask me one of your uh, uh, oh. scintillating questions. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about C.C. Beck, Pete Costanza. Yeah. Um, and oh, by the way, when I met him as an old man. C.C. Beck or Pete yeah, Costanza? Yes, C.C. Beck. Okay. He, he, he knew about me, of course, you know, I was, uh, I was going to do Captain Marvel Jr. And he said... Wait, uh, how did he know you? Uh, well, he remembered that I had worked... Uh, I, had to, I had done Bullet Man, and, right. you know, and Bullet, Bullet Dog. Yes. And Bullet... <laughs> oh, I love doing Bullet Dog. <laughs> so, after you had worked with him then, then you saw him again later oh, when many, he was older? Oh, many years later at the convention. See, he was so proud that he showed me that th with wood, he made these little swords and and the and the helters, mm -hmm. and he was so proud of those things, and he <laughs> he was a wonderful little gentleman. You know, he just had he had this nice inspiring. Whether or not he was inspired by Superman, is I don't know. It's problematical in a sense. The fact is that I thought Captain Marvel was a better understanding. Uh, you know, because it's, look, I was doing Captain Marvel, like the the one made from the yeah, Superman, yeah, yeah. You know, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. See, I I began. I was going to do my story of the last immortal. The people who had made us, this this was a very creative in a sense. Decided, you know, they had made the Greek gods that didn't help all of this thing because the gods they were jealous of each other. They just were petty. Okay. The last immortal is made, he's, he's indestructible, okay? He comes here and, you know, and he's going to tidy everything up. He walks by a hospital and he could hear through the walls that this three-year-old girl dies of cancer. And he says, why the hell did they bring, I can't help this. What he realizes how helpless he is. And this, we're all helpless in that sense. So why did you, so he begins to, I showed self-doubt. I have the originals right here till this day. Mm. So, so it, it was a very, very serious treatise on the Superman con construction. I used that as a springboard to show what, re what could Superman really do? Could he go into these wards and help these little children that have been poisoned by tobacco or any or any of the the, the, uh, the round roundup or what, what any uh, any of the Franken food that we have, you know? I mean, and it's father to son. It's, it's it, the, the mothers are imbibing liquor. They're doing all these things and expecting to have healthy children. You got to be kidding. The only thing they're supposed to give them is the historicity of their conditioning by by educational situate conditions that go on in our uh, 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 of, of our institutions it, it would be a much better thing all right fine now, give, give me another lowdown quickly Jerry uh, just going down the list of, of ones that it was just showing on a timeline sort of progression after that you were with uh, Jerry Iger studio and you oh, also yeah. worked with Matt Baker yes. any impressions you wanted to share about that just I love uh, Matt and Matt liked me 
and I admired his ability to, to draw women. Uh, Reed Crandall had just left the place, and he got a job at Quality Comics. Right. You know, and uh, there was some of his unfinished work there. But Matt, his heart, even when I met him, was bad. A young boy, he was beautiful. He was the, the, the best example, like Isam's Kimball, uh, the blacks that made it in the business at that time, they were exceptional. I mean, they were, well, you had to be good anyway. And, and uh, I made the mistake of saying to, uh, this is how I lost my job, I told him, you're too good for this thing. He said, you could get a job at, at uh, Playboy, or you could just start it out, at, at any of these things. And Playboy did a, do an interview with me in which helped to sell quite a few books for Bud Plant. And um, so I've had so-called interviews, you know, far and few between. Mm. But the kingdom is almost like a silent mention. But one day, the world will be ready for substance instead of image. They have to know the, the, the explanations I give. For instance, I have a trial in, in uh, Beyond the Beyond in which all of the fantasies we create to protect us against the vicissitudes of which we are impotent with. Mankind cannot handle the fact that he's born into this situation. He can't help the vicissitudes that happen to him. So what do they do? They say it's luck. It's destiny, it's this, and all of these artificial creatures are on trial now. And the one, who's, the one who acts as the judge is called consciousness. But in the, in the, as the story continues, she realizes that she was also a fabrication mm -hmm. in an effort to save these human beings from the reality of their inabilities, their, 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 their impotence in the face of the world that they're born into. And, and this is what's important. And so, uh, I, I, when I did it, I made an association of ideas in which I tried to reason out these things clinically to try to, to exact the best shade of idea, you know, to, to bring it to, to the surface. The trial is unbelievable. And destiny is continually trying to uh, act in response to the people that are brought up, the myths that are brought up, to find out where, how is, do they know about their birth, how they were made, why they were made. And I'm talking about humanity as well, see? Right. And, so, uh, and so destiny has been, what happened is that there's a revolt. Those who, are, those who have been made uh, as real, you know, the, the, the escapist, uh, Myths. Uh, they 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 then coerced everybody in the audience in this great rotunda, and the and the people who are the uh, protagonists, the big protagonists, the judge and jury, that, as to that uh, they they stifle him, see, and so he's dying to open up. But eventually, they get to a point where they start to argue with each other, as you see what's happening now to a point where the, 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 the trial becomes, the proceedings become 
a, a joke. See, and so they put an end to the trial. And so what's happening now, what I'm doing in the story is consciousness is walking around. She doesn't have the power. She thought she once had, this is all an illusion, built by our hominoid species called human beings. And uh, she goes over to, um, forget his name. Um, I think it's Destiny himself, and asks him, are we going to disappear because the truth has come out that we we're only a fabrication, see, and she, will we be annihilated? Okay, possibly, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so I have this trial. It, what are you going to do about sirens? <laughs> See, this was in his meant to be also. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It needed to come in and announce its presence with a little bit of fanfare. All right. Um, so what I've done is I've given you a synopsis, a Reader's Digest edition of what could become a a much more lengthy uh, and it's not I don't want any ego I don't want any of that it's my eyewitnessing I have to write what I've seen and what I know what I've been embodied with see that's the only thing that's important I glorify the human body they asked me at school what is art about for years I said it's for the glorification of the human body that's to honor the glorification of the human body because this is what we have it's our temple it's the registry for our intelligence it's everything the only thing as you know as well as I do that we get older we change and uh, we face our own annihilation but the replication continues see? and, and uh, it, it will continue until we either do ourselves in, or some meter is going to do a real good job with us. <laughs> and whether or not the dinosaurs died because of this or not is highly problematical, although they seem to believe this business. Uh, to me, the jury's still out. The jury's still out as to whether or not I'm of human origin. So how can I <laughs> possibly know what else is going on? Um, if there's anything else here that you want to know, names, whatever. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Um, I want to go back to something you were talking about with just to go back to First Kingdom because I can always come back to this list. Yeah. And I've taken about three hours of your time so far. So I know that... Listen, the more you take a, the more I don't have to go to the drawing board, the happier I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> so I can always come back to the list, but what's important, I think, is that a lot of the things that you're returning to are these cycles and how that's what you were trying to do and were doing with the stories that you were telling in the First Kingdom. Well, look, in the First Kingdom, what's interesting is um, I had advanced societies before they did themselves in. Right. My desire must be rewarded with punishment, uh, you know, uh, sabotaging, you sabotage all your creativity. All right. But they come to primitive societies. Sometimes there's a hostility aboard, 
And sometimes they listen, they bring them seeds. I, I, when you get here, I'll show you a lot of the stuff that, that is important when you come to my place. Mm -hmm. And I hope we do get together on this. That would be great. You know, and it'll be really good. And, and um, so uh, it, it's imperative that you get the real background. I'll even show you the, my last immortal and some of the other things that I was creating for DC. I was going to do a thing called The Imaginator. And what he did, he would, he would meet a bunch of young people and have them imagine what the potential is going to be, what the world is going to be. Uh, th there were just so many different... Uh, I had the, uh, every, everything I did was creative. It was unlike anything that had ever been done before. When I worked with Skywald, I, uh, I did, a, I did a, a... He wanted me to do a, a kind of Tarzan-type character. Well, I remember Jack the Lion Man, see, and um, I gave one of the books to Dick Lupoff, who started the first convention, and 1888, you know, and so I had I had him taken care of by lions. Okay, I just couldn't I I couldn't I didn't want to do that monkey business, you know. Although it was easier for him because he could say that his mother was an ape in the first story. You know? It uh, doesn't matter. The, the fact is that uh, I, I wanted to give credit to the guy who originated this, P.T. Barnum. When they told him that uh, Tarzan was going into its 14th printing, Barnum said, I make more money in a day than he makes in a lifetime. What is he talking about? And he said, that jumbo, he was, he was a promoter. He was a very clever man. But he took his intelligence, well, he's not the only one, to the worst possible situation. He, had he kept writing, he, he was so inventive, creative, you know, had all the, all the wherewithal. So what I did is I honored him in uh, Zangor, who was the, you know, and I do have tremendous battle scenes. I wrote some of the, I wrote, the stories were originally mine. And uh, yeah, the, you know, the, I, I did many stories, you know, many, and I have a lot of the unfinished scripts and unfinished illustrations at that home. Would be great to look at. Oh, uh, but it was it was after Skywald then that you then started. When I but uh, all during during Skywald and after that and. I got together with Dick Giordano. Do you remember the name? He mm -hmm. he ran DC, and um, Dick took a look at my stuff, and he says the only thing he was really interested in was in the Imaginator. But then I got stuck on the First Kingdom. I didn't have the time to build it up more than I had in the original four or five pages. Uh, he loved the idea. It, it was uh, it was something for him, and. Uh, just it never came off and then of course he died so um, th th there was so much you know and I when I found out Gary Friedrich died you know and he uh, started Star Age and uh, he I knew that even then he seemed to be I could watch his hands and I realized that the, the, also the diet these people have is just horrible they have to drink you know got to you, you go any place you want I so many places that are in Hollywood. I walked in, they have a walk-in bar. 
I'm surprised they didn't have a bartender there. <laughs> that, that when they closed the door, he slept there. It's great. So what what is this? Why do people drink? Why do people who think they're so successful drink? What is wrong with them? Why can't they believe in themselves? At least try to use their aspirations. Why do they have to steal from each other? This makes no sense at all. It becomes a terrible habit in which people get sucked into. And uh, 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 there's, it's not a question of discipline. They're afraid if they do something original, well, maybe, we'll, we'll make Superman, make the Superman will be 255, 732, that will be that page, and this beast is going to try to kill him, and this and that. And then we have, they have their own, um, what is that stuff that you can't handle, uh, that, that, that completely, you know, that green stuff. Oh, kryptonite? Kryptonite, you know, they, they have their own kryptonite. And that's what they do. They desire themselves with their own kryptonite. It is not my fault that they think the way they do, and it's not their fault that I think the way I do. I cannot buy into it. It would be wasting my life. Those soldiers who died in so many wars that gave me the chance to live, it's an, it's a, it would be the worst kind of ungratefulness. You don't do that. These people died for our Constitution. They died for our Declaration of Independence. Yes, they were imperfect people. Maybe some of them would have hated me. It wouldn't matter. The fact is, they did this. Young men, young women. The tragedies of those people and people who are just running amok now, is that what they died for? This is, this is a cruel assault on all of our sensibilities. I'm going to show you that documentation of where I wrote this. That you'll see yourself. Everything I tell you is the truth. I cannot lie about this. I've witnessed these things, and I've seen it from a different point of view. It, it's, it's a singularity, if you want to put it that way. Not even a uniqueness. It's a singularity. It's the way I... It's my eyewitnessing. The very fact that now I'm 91, my heavens, I haven't, the passion I have is as great today as it ever was, if not more. The motivations behind this. One of the things that I read that, that caught my attention about the First Kingdom was that no matter how the society was formed or how it developed in the First Kingdom, it always met its downfall because of its own sort of... Yeah problems that it was unable or unwilling to solve That's or because right. of the mistakes that it knew would be Look, problematic it's down built the road. in from the time we take that first breath and the forced air into the lungs of this this it whatever it is and it has to keep breathing and the pain continues after a while it becomes inured to that you know fine okay but the fact is that those trace memories and it's the memories of the engrams. The, in other words, the best example of an engram is this. If you take a Petri dish and you wipe it off, the engrams around this, you can't get rid of, you cannot get rid of memory. What holds this together? What holds that together? You can't, memory is the most amazing thing in the world. It has everything act accordingly. And its um, mission, 
comes from a very powerful source and has everything act accordingly and behave accordingly. And so if the memories have in them this, my desire must be rewarded with punishment, you keep building on this. It's almost we become proud uh, owners of our own self-destruction. And uh, it, it's, this is why so many people say, oh, you, we're not supposed to read that. It, we shouldn't know about things like that. What are you talking about? You wouldn't be able to interpret it anyway. There's so much that we do not understand. Jack and I talk about this all the time, that both of us were born into a sea of stupidity. If it was only a sea of ignorance, ignorant people can learn. But stupidity, it, it's like a helpless, we are, there is a governor in our heads of some kind, which prevents us from accessing what is really going on. And it will continue this way. Uh, as long as we have these processing centers, as long as we have this, this, this self-aggrandizing position, that I've been getting so much mail, people want me to vote for them. Why? Who, and they would smile. Vote for me because who the heck are you to sit on my head? Who am I to vote for you if you have a bad stomach ache and you would send us into war? What, what is this business? Now there are, there's, an, there's a kind of, we could call it evil, there's a kind of disassociation of a human experience in people. I knew a psychiatrist once, he was a very brilliant man. And we used to talk, you know, at the, uh, what, what do you call it, the, uh, in the hospital. And he said to me, you know, Jack, some people are born without eyes. I said, yeah. Some people are born without legs. I said, yeah. And he said, then some people are born without a conscience. I said, oh, no, we're all bitten. He said, Jack, I'm telling you. He knew it. He, he was a Reichian psychiatrist, and he went through this thing. He also believed in love, which is very rare. And I said, well, without a conscience, how could this be? He says, some people, he said, not, he said, did you ever see automobiles coming off the assembly line? Some become a lemon. The same materials are put into them. Something is wrong. Uh, he said, but, uh, and, and it's like this Chinese man that I knew who said that, um, he said that um, anything built by man has to have the flaws of man, hmm. you know. And he used to make these high fidelity sets. And he realized that this is, he said it's going to go on and on. He said that it isn't just the warlords in China years ago. It's everybody is, is subservient to everybody. Everybody thinks that anybody else has the wherewithal. And this is one of the reasons to join any given club and play ballie and things like that. You have to have a certain head mindset in which you're superior, in which you can push people around or would do whatever you want, as long as you're able to play bally. And that's all those billionaires do. They play bally. And yes, they go back to their childhood, and they don't even know they're doing that. But worse than that is archaeology. You know, they keep digging up and digging up and digging up. You know, this means that the earth has been accumulating dust for centuries. 
because everything you have to go down you know by the time they get to Troy my god that's an interesting one because it just makes me wonder now do you remember if in your First Kingdom series when you had characters who would return to their sort of if they ever achieved uh, a level of success that it, they it, would want to here's what happened the cyborgs that were made with the uh, memory serum okay began to take over many of the positions aboard the ships you know the high-ranking officers but some of the humans who were really completely human became very suspicious of them they were called H-11s the uh, H-11s were human 11s okay one day one of the guys who was a human being who helped to create the illusion of these particular characters, you know, of the, of the uh, cyborgs. The reason why is because he saw death during his childhood and during his lifetime, and he didn't want to die. So he took the, he took the, the Sira himself subcutaneously and felt that he would be, uh, he would not have to die. When, uh, when the, uh, but one of the cyborgs, an accident, a creative accident, began to see through the whole host, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, hoax. And when, uh, in the first book, I don't know if you've seen it, when you come here, I'll show you some of this stuff. What happened, the volcano started exploding tremendously and shot the lava into the air until they became like tourists and they took the ship that crashed on the earth when they came here to try to stop the nuclear exchange and they created their, their world it was called Helios Borat this is where they were and they were under the impression that they were they were always gods you have to read the book it's very complicated but it's worth the read mm -hmm. see it's it's as it's a, Conan Doyle also wrote fantasy characters that seem to live a long time. But what's important is that I try to bring this to a point where I try to explain how mythology becomes reality. See, the very fact that I put them on trial in Beyond the Beyond was my original idea. See, and I mean, what is luck? But though I could say the synchronicity here is incredible, the fact that we had. So maybe there are certain things that do happen. It's happened all my life, no matter what, no matter how bad things were, no matter how good things are. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. You know, we were so poor in Canada. I had an Uncle Charlie who'd come by. He used to have a, you know, one of these. He had a horse and a push cart and things like that. And he used to leave a bag of potatoes at our door. I used to go to sleep hungry, I used to dream about food and wake up hungry. But it did not stop me from drawing. It did not stop me from reading, going to the library, it didn't matter. My stimulant was from as much information as I could glean. And uh, it, it just, when I heard about Floyd Bennett, his death was weird. He had flown uh, Richard Byrd, the South Pole, the North Pole. What's going on? 
and and Richard Bird was talking about you know the fact that something is going on that we we don't understand you know. Um, much I'll show you the books. You'll start to take down the authors, please. It'll be a real education for you. And eventually, if you want, when uh, we get together, when I get together with Jacques, bring your wife also, uh, and some of the other scientists, uh, somebody who's in the Collider, World Collider, and the mistake. I told Jacques that they'll never be able to find that element because. You know how it's done, the collider? Yes. All right, well, so they, so here's this magnet, right? And an immediate photograph is taken of this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not the thing anymore. No. Because it becomes part of the magnet. The magnet becomes part of the thing, so they're getting a partial, a, a, again, a bastardized, a, just like we have become bastardized, the same artificial thing, the same defective. And so we keep repeating ourselves at the highest uh, scientific level levels and yet and yet they keep plodding along well, this is not right well I like that because it, it brings me to something so a little bit of interest that you might get a kick out of when Titan publishing um, yeah did the completed versions of your yeah. books and did it in the six volumes right yeah. um, someone let someone know that I was going to be speaking with you because a gentleman from Titan reached out to me by email somewhere around like Sunday or Monday. His name is Will. And he just asked me, he said, hey, would you mind asking him about some questions just about what it was like getting it published? And I said, well, yeah, give me a little bit of framework. Give me an idea. And he pointed out something that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to get your opinion about, which what he said was that until Titan Publishing, this was, there had been no previous Completed there collection. There was. Of there it. was. Oh, and I'll show you. Was there, that be Wallaby? Uh, uh, no. 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 Wait a minute. The first six, the first twelve books were published. First by a place called Mecca. Then it came to another company. I have I have all the other books from all the other publishers. And, uh, and then they decided to kill it because they, the second book did not sell as well. And so the people who were... Th look, the bottom line for publishers is money. The bottom line for any of the millions of, 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 of motion picture corporations was money. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. This is what drives it. In fact, without money, you wouldn't have science today. And you have to please the people with money. Right. And so it's all... It's, it, 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 this. Whatever money is, is a tremendous illusion. And money doesn't make the man, nor does a suit. Right. It's an em empty suit. That's what it comes down to. And this is, the, this is what we've been uh, a part of since t before time immemorial. You know, a and uh, nothing, nothing here has changed. Nothing more here is, you know. And is that something that you think people can recognize more in the completed versions than if they were reading well, them the just The only serial? thing I'm going to do is decode that which had been, um, let's say, enveloped into something, uh, in other words, uh, unveiled, of what, to me, what I've seen and what I know, and how it is that I have this extraordinary force within me. So, uh, but that I know. See, this I know, and, and why it is that at this time it's happening, 
maybe Michael Cremo sees us going to another self-destruction again, which will take millions of years to repair. But I don't know how many times this Earth is going to be able to take all these things. You know, it's just, there's just so many, you know, this is what happened to Europe. A lot of the food there is strange because the, if not for the dead bodies during World War One and Two, that gave us some kind of nutrition in, in the soil, the fact is that um, you can't keep plowing the same thing over and over again. We have to find a new system, and that would take creativity. I don't know. I, I'm not into that. I know that um, farmers are very brilliant people. When I when I, I worked on two farms, <clears throat> one of them was an egg farm. They had 15,000 chickens in one range, <laughs> and 10 and 11,000 on the other. One day there was an inversion of temperature, 121 degrees in the sun, and the chin, the chickens are walking and they would die like this. So Chait says to us, before my first wife's uh, family, that this, she didn't know that I had done that before, and uh, <clears throat> he says, get burlap bags and throw them in the bags, but I say, they bite! He says to me, throw in ten at a time. And we were throwing them in the bag and putting them in the coops, which he had air conditioning. These coops, this isn't a little chute. We're talking about coops, you know. And so uh, we had eggs for the rest of that year. <laughs> <laughs> and chicken. You can't. <laughs> uh, but the worst part of it, the worst part is in the winter, their doo doo would go through the grade. Mm and this much frozen and you break it up it gets into your face and you, it's, there's nothing like farming <laughs> the other farm I was on for about I think 11 months it was a horse farm and I, I wanted to find that this had to I think it was in Canada believe it or not and and um, and I saw two little uh, therabeds get born that very day, they're walking around in a circle. So I spoke to the guy there, the, the, one of the handlers, and I said, how come they know how to do that? He said, after thousands of years, you know, from ancient Greece to Rome, to Europe, to everything, those horses, this is what happens. You become part, of, you become your DNA works its way into this thing. So how could you expect people who are poisoned in the head with belief systems to break it after these centuries? And this is why it's so close. You know, we are, we are teetering and nobody has any idea what's really going on. So they accuse each other. They're jumping on it. This one's wrong. This one's wrong. This one's imperfect. And I love to see perfect people. But there are no perfect people. Let's face it. And, and um, something terrible might happen. And I don't know if we'll survive at this time. You know, because, uh, and also our own ability to reproduce. You know, uh, it, 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 the, 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 the count, the sperm count is way down now. And uh, the only thing we have, the people that are still more or less involved in agrarian societies of such, you know, they're reproducing pretty well, but eventually that will go. It, 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 it just, it, we're just 
It's like a Xerox machine. Eventually, it becomes pasteurized. Hmm. And that's how we make Xerox machines. Everything we build is us. You look at a car. It has eyes. It has gas. It has everything we do. When I worked with this, a plumber, as a plumber for a short time, the plumber said to me, give me the female, give me the male. Well, the female fits into the male. It's exactly what they took. This is like, uh, you, you know, in, in France, he even says it. It's uh, the weather, she is warm or he is warm. It can't, they, they can't say the weather is warm. They, they, make a, uh, they make a he and a she. And uh, this is not building a language. <coughs> we don't know. I wonder, uh, I'm, uh, I, the story is already written, you know, beyond the beyond. But I must, uh, but I'm still editing on each page. I have to keep redacting to get, get it fine-tuned. When I was taking as many as 10 pages at a time and telescoping them, the stuff sounds abstruse. It doesn't sound, you know, where did all this come from? I'm t I took out many, many protagonists in the story. Uh, I took out many of the characters. I had to because these things will be instrumental in that long, long book that I would have made. But who would read a book 1,753 pages? No. So uh, 500 pages is fine, good enough. As it is, The Kingdom is 1,070 pages, not even including the covers. So, so uh, and that's one of the reasons I think they got turned off The Kingdom. And one of the reasons that also when I was, I'll never forget, I spoke to Johnny, um, one of the artists, and he said to me, you know, how many books are you selling, Jack? And I, I gave them a, a, a pretty good account. He says, do you know how much we sell at Marvel? I said, I don't care how much you sell. This isn't what it's all about. He says, this is what it's all about. So then, to go back to Titan real quick, they pointed out that one of the volumes was one that you'd never had published with anyone else. Two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Um, but to have that published, and the previous versions as well through Titan, then what did that mean? You know, because you're explaining to them that it doesn't mean about money. So when you no. have that moment of seeing it published, what is that feeling or meaning for well, you? It's, you, it's not you a question that? of the feeling. I want to explain to you why I did, I did, uh, let me see, the, the two books I added to make it 26 was the Space Explorers Club. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to have a Space Explorers Club you know, a place where they could sit down with a, a coffee or something like that. And then I did a thing called uh, Destiny, which meant, where are we going to go? And I brought it up to the present, see. And in Destiny, I give a very careful, articulate, nobody even realizes it's in, it's in the story of the nature of how existence has been bastardized. It's like the Rosetta Stone, hmm. see? But I left out where the, this thumb went and the other fingerprint, okay? So that, and then you have to read Destiny to understand what this is all about. And, and uh, it, it's an extraordinary adventure into Every possibility. I, I think uh, probably eventually you all get a set. 
it's important. I wish I had extra books for you, but I don't. I'll get them and I'll catch up. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Right. But, um, and um, but now I'm going to these little conventions, you know, which I feel more comfortable about. When I used to go to the big conventions, oh God, I had to deal with they were, they were involved with all of the movie companies and this and that and the other thing. They go crazy. You know, I, 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 it was not conducive to anything. So yes, so I'm, I'm alone in this. And there, there is no, there's no discipline I can go to to help me. Right. There's no uh, avenue of expression in terms of the elements of ideas that I could take from I can't, I can't do that I, I, there is no place I have to see this for myself it's a very difficult thing and I, I was going to draw for you right in front of you to show you that it, everything comes out of my head I don't copy anything and I don't know where I got that power from but um that drawing that I gave you you know when you, when you take a look at that you'll see that uh, the knowledge of anatomy is like incredible. Nobody draws like that. Nobody will draw. I'm honoring the human being. And um, what we have here is a, to me, when I broke the code, when I started to decipher what was going on, this is the only thing I can take advantage of. It's all subliminal. It's all visuals. It's all the focal point of my um, understanding of what I've seen. I saw the way we were made. And we weren't made by other human beings. I saw the way everything was made. I saw all life forms and all forms. Fauna, flora, but also animate and inanimate. That's what's going on. And, and then there's a third area which I'm going to talk about at the end of Beyond the Beyond, which is extremely important. And um, <clears throat> this is why uh, I know these people who have started to write about God, but in a different way. Their books are called One with God, and they also know about this. You cannot, this, this could not be an accident. Tell me, what? What were the components that put together that spark that gave life to vegetation? What? You gotta be kidding. Photosynthesis? This is nonsense. And then the other spark, which had the seed and the ova, get together, create a tree, a leaf, a dinosaur, a human being, or an insect. Something's going on. And if you do take biology, if you look at the earliest reference of that um, coalescence of the seed and the ova, in every kind of fauna and flora. And this is amazing. You can't tell the difference between a kangaroo, a tree, a human being, or a flower. Within split seconds, it changes. Something kicks in. These things have been ordered by um, the memory factors to act accordingly. See. And these memory factors are very important because those things were instrumental in giving the um, uh, uh, the, 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 the 
the DNA, it, it, it's, uh, it's perpetuation see, for everything. And uh, if you want, what we could do now is um, make up a time which you, you could bring your wife if she was willing to tolerate my place. <laughs> <laughs> so she won't feel she's out of it. And I have the, the concrete, I have the absolute evidence of everything I say. Everything. I have no doubt in what you've told me, um, and I would love to have her come along and, and witness part of that. We'll have a ball. Maybe we'll go out and have a little snack before then. Yeah. There's a wonderful Thai restaurant near where I live. Well, we, we both enjoy Thai, so I, I definitely think that we would both be up for I that. I know the people there, and I usually bring some pretty heavy people there. You know, In fact, at the last one, I think Brian was there too, and we had quite a number of people. And uh, so I've become a kind of semi-star in a, in, in a quasi-world, <laughs> if you kill that. I'm, I'm actually just going to go ahead and stop it at this point and yeah, say, let's please. go ahead and wrap up for, for right. today. And if there's anything else you want to know, we'll talk about it. Why don't you see the materials themselves? I think that would be helpful, and also I think uh, a lot of what we've talked about, I'm going to need time to process and listen oh God, to yes, again. I know. And follow up with, with other questions, but this really... Is, this is, will be a major contribution to the nature of the comic book industry. Coming, uh, originally, coming from those uh, freezes, you know, with the, uh, those, uh, the horses on the side, mm -hmm. you know, the Battle of Hastings and stuff like that. Right. And... Um, it's amazing when people realize that they had driven the distraction of marrying the wrong person because of the uh, instinct to replicate. It drives us crazy. Hmm. And it becomes deviated in so many ways. But that's the, you cannot change the um, memory factor where that's concerned. It's there. Understood. And it's locked in. Okay, so let's kill this now. With the rain beating on the roof and a moment to pause and reflect, it's easy to look at this as another story of adventure. I didn't know where it would begin when I saw a, a drawing on a wall of a bathroom, no less. And I didn't know that I would even have the chance to make contact with the artist when I gave out my information. And I had no idea once I did make contact and was able to arrange for this conversation just what would come out of it, what I would get to learn or discuss. And there was an excitement not only to the anticipation that that led to sitting down, but that sort of coursed through the entire conversation because I had no idea where we were going to go next. And even though I had notes and highlights from his timeline that I thought would be helpful and had even had the chance to speak with Will from Titan Publishing, I could never have anticipated all of the directions that this conversation would travel, would cover, would include, <laughs> and
and I have to chuckle now as I think about the fact that even as I look back over it, it's it's still completely unpredictable. And I hope that that was an experience you had as you were listening, because even as I went through editing and tried to clean out some of the, the rougher audio and some of the parts of the conversation that involved taking restroom breaks and other kind of, you know, uh, details that just cluttered up what was the heart of the matter. I don't think there is any way that I can still anticipate everything that occurs when I listen back through these clips and what I also have to smile about is that I have been lucky enough to meet with Jack since this conversation and he's encouraged me to uh, seek him out for more conversations about more stories and I'm looking forward to those and I don't know where they're going to go and I can only imagine how much more they will cover once we're done. But I know that each time I go to either meet with the man or sit down with him and record, that there will be this sense of anticipation, this acknowledgement that I'll be stepping out into wonder. And when I do so, I'll only know what's occurred once I've returned <laughs> and I've hit stop on the record button and the journey will be going back through it to understand just what it was I heard. I know I'll continue to return to these recordings to seek out the bits that I might have missed the first, fifth, or tenth times around. And my only hope is that there might be some kind of similar impact for you when you do the same, no matter how many times it is. Thank you again for listening and supporting. You may not know, but every time you play an episode... I receive financial support, whether it's from the ads that I'm now beginning to record or if it is through uh, other sponsorship opportunities. If you want to provide support, you can always hit the support button somewhere on your player, usually right there on the uh, main screen where this podcast is showing, or by clicking on the support links which will allow you to become a financial donor and you can always reach out to me and anchor if you're interested in having my voice for your audio ad but more than anything it's every play and every listener that gives me the chance to keep coming back and provide you with the stories that I hope you want to hear, and I'm always looking forward to share.